What's going on, guys and gals? It's 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Star Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people going to die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 399 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. From fucking Dave Grohl. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Mark Ellis Reagan. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. You. Are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. This week, we are going to talk a little bit of news, and then we've got our review of the new movie. It's a horror movie starring the Foo Fighters, Studio Six Six Six. But before we get into all that, how the hell is everyone doing this week? Marcellus Reagans, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, nothing really exciting. Uh, I haven't gone to the movies. I haven't really watched anything new. So nothing new to report. Uh, except for I did see there's a trailer for a movie called uh, Memory of a Killer. I, I'm sorry. Just called Memory starring Liam Neeson. Did I talked to you guys about this already. Um, we already made a crack about it being based on the memory board game. <laughs> when we were God kids. We matched the, the, the cards. <laughs> So I the battleship cinematic universe. That's right. That's right. I finally got the my DVD of the original version of the movie, um, and I am so psyched to watch it. Uh, it's called Memory of a Killer, and I remember it being really cool. So I am psyched to watch that before I go see the new Liam Neeson movie. It's the only time you're going to get me like excited about a new Liam Neeson movie because it has Monica Bellucci, Guy Pierce, and it's directed by the guy that did Goldeneye. So. uh I mean, uh, yeah, GoldenEye and uh, Casino Royale. So, uh, yeah, I'm psyched to see this movie. I can't wait. I don't know. if We're not going to do it on the show, but I can't fucking wait to watch it. Guy Pierce, the star of Lockdown? <laughs> Guy Pierce, the star of L.A. Confidential and Bloodshot, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I have no idea what you're talking about in terms of that movie, but maybe I'll watch it. I, I did uh, watch uh, quite a bit of movies this past month. So, Aubrey, how the hell are you? I am living the dream. I'm working both jobs still. I really like my job. I like the people there. And I like I, I, I like both jobs. I like the people at both jobs. So well, and it makes it work. One of the jobs, don't you just work from home? So the people at work are you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like 50-50 right now. They just brought oh, us okay. back to the office. So I'm there like one week I'm there two days, one week I'm there three days. But everybody's super nice. I actually I got to decorate my cubicle, which is really cool because I had a Millennium Falcon uh, phone charger and put up all these signs and everything about leaving me alone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's a nice reflection of me. I thought you were a hundred percent work remote, so you're like, guys, oh, I love everyone at this job, and it's just you <laughs> staring at a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> my dogs really like when I do work from home. Though. It's their favorite thing. 
And it lets you catch up on stuff to watch for the podcast. I mean, you're totally doing work the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, exactly. No video gaming, nothing. Very, very busy. Very busy woman. Mm, Fantastic. How are you doing, Joey? Uh, I'm good. I'm just really tired. And it's freezing cold here in Massachusetts for some reason, even though it's almost the end of March. Um, I don't think it's like super cold, but it's it's definitely colder than it should be. And it's pissing me off because I'm in my house and I'm like freezing right now. It actually thunder snowed here the other day. We've had that happen a few times in the past. Kind of weird. It snowed here yesterday, which is weird because it's the end of March. So we should be done with snow. No, sometimes it snows in April. It's a very (sighs) slow print song, but but it it works. I was going to say, sometimes the uh, snow comes down in June, Mark, you know. Sometimes the sun goes around the moon. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I have nothing exciting to report. I watched a bunch of movies in the last week. I'm going to be talking about them on Patreon and my little mini-sodes that you can get every month for a dollar. Where at the very end of the month, and not just because I'm too lazy to record it before we get to the end of the month, and I realize that we have Patreon stuff to do, and I'm like, holy shit, I have two days to get this done. Um I I watch a bunch of movies that we're not going to talk about in the show. Mm -hmm. I give you some quick reviews of them. And then I also lay out what's happening on the show for that month coming up. And let's see. What did I watch? I watched uh, Liam Neeson is Blacklight. Yes. A story about him smoking weed with Dayglow posters all over the walls. (laughs) I would watch the hell out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I watched Black Crab on Netflix. Uh, I think there was something else I watched. I can't remember. Oh, the deep house. I finally watched the deep house. I finally got it to happen. I don't remember that. What's the deep house. It was, it was deep, man. <laughs> See, when I hear deep house, I think of like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of people sitting around a house meditating. It's like, Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson deep, shows man. up with like a bomb <laughs> smoking weed with black lights. Everywhere. <laughs> no, it was uh it's a horror movie that I, think was on hulu i don't know what channel it's on um these two people are like annoying millennials who uh make a like travel logs okay and they or they do like urban exploring so it gives you the a reason why they have a camera on all the time for their found footage movie and they go somewhere and scuba dive and there's like a fully intact house under the water uh, it's actually a haunted house oh no <laughs> Um, but the whole thing takes place underwater with them in scuba gear. So. Oh, shit. That's why it's deep, man. <laughs> the house was deep. Um, I'm not going to get into anything about it or how I felt about it. Just that I finally got to watch it because I'm not joking. I just been trying to watch it for like two months. And every time I turn it on, like Firestick would play the wrong movie. It kept trying to play um, No Time to Die that someone recorded on their phone with Chinese subtitles. Oh, God. Every single time. I'm like... Because, like, sometimes you don't know if it's the right movie or not because it just starts playing all these, like, logos. But, like, when MGM comes out and James Bond music starts playing and it's all blurry and there's, like, an advertisement for casinos on the screen, you're like, all right, this is not the right movie. (laughs) So that's what I watched. Uh, I'm going to talk about a Patreon. That's pretty much what I did uh, all last week is just watch movies and stuff. Uh, I checked out Halo, which we're going to be talking about on the show soon, and a couple other things. Just been hanging out, watching stuff and relaxing, so... Nice. Not anything new or different. So enough about us. Let's talk about us. Marcellus Fragans, please tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. 
You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our T Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you will receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. Don't bullshit me, Ashley. Shockwave is just here to talk about Vought for Tots. I swear to God. What the fuck is Vought for Tots? It's new fitness outreach for toddlers. Apparently they're getting obese. Well, shit, I fucking love fat kids. Use me. What the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> I know if it's not Chris Chan or some weird video game, Joey is completely like lost. I I knew what that was. That was from the boys. Boys. Mm. Mark, have you watched the cartoon for the boys yet? Uh, no, it's on my list of things to watch. It's not, it's it's not, it just made the list. <laughs> you just made the list. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, uh, it's going to be a surprise to me because I didn't help gather any of it. So bring forth your news and let's discuss. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. So this week in nerdy news, uh, if you are a fan of the Batman movie that came out recently, uh, there was a little treat for you. Uh, Matt Reeves actually released a deleted scene from the movie, and it was a scene that shows uh, Batman's conversation with the Joker, played by Barry Keegan. Uh, it's five-minute scene. It's uh, Batman asking the Joker's help, solving this mystery, and I guess asking his advice or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was an intense scene. It looks like it, it fit right in the movie, but it's a uh, five minutes and everyone got a chance to get a little bit more of the uh, three hour Batman epic story. Uh, so what did you guys think of this deleted scene? Uh, do you think it was cool? Do you think it should have been kept in a movie or are you do you think if you watched it again, they should add it back into it? Uh, let's start with Aubrey. Um, No, I don't really care about the Joker. I think um, that actor is stupid, and I don't like him. He's got an ugly face. <laughs> Jesus. He's a joker. What's he supposed to look like? Oh, no, she no, she meant, like, don't. normally he has an ugly face. Oh, no. Yeah, him as a person, like, he just looks weird. He looks like the dude that's playing the Flash, and I don't like either of them. I think they look like they've been hit by a pan. Well, this guy won't choke slam you, but he might wake you watch Eternals. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I I normally am all about DC's deleted scenes that they bring back because they tend to cut all the wrong things, but mm. I don't really care to see the Joker 
I feel like I've seen the Joker too many times lately. And I would like to see some different villains in Batman. Okay. All right. All right, Joey, what about you? How did you feel about the uh, the deleted scene? You wouldn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Joker. Um, I, I thought it was fine. I thought the scene was fine. Um, it. I don't know how it would fit into the movie. So I thought it was a cool scene, but I don't know how it fits in the movie because there's no mention of the Joker previous. There's not even like an offhand comment of dealing with other kinds of freaks and weirdos and stuff. It's really the movie just sets up Batman fighting like thugs and like regular gangsters pretty much. And and this iteration of penguin um, and they do this in the comics as well. So, but he's not like a short guy and like a top hat being like, like he's more like a mobster that just looks a little weird. So, like I, I don't know. It's, it it would feel jarring, I think, to have him be like, "Well, I can't figure this out. Let me go talk to this clown that I threw in toxic waste <laughs> <laughs> turned into my uh, arch nemesis," uh, which is fine. I thought he looked fine. Uh, it's possible he may have gone crazy by watching Eternals nonstop oh, in his cell. Lord. That was the punishment they did to him. He just got so bored, he like just went crazy. But. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it fits in the movie. I think if we were going to have one Joker scene, I would have rather had this and had them cut out the part where uh, Riddler's in his cell and Joker's like, hey, man. Right. I hate Batman. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was terrible. Um, so I, I would have preferred they just take that out completely and figured out a way to insert this instead. Because what would have been the difference? Like a minute and a half? Like, would it really have mattered that much? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I think this way, you know, the way that they have it now, you're not sure, at least with the original version, you're not really sure who that guy is. And uh, with that deleted scene, you definitely know it's the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only, and that's really the only issue I would have with putting it in there is I don't want to lock them into the Joker for Batman to right. the electric boogaloo, the Batman to the electric boogaloo. Um I don't want to lock them in a Joker for that because I think if you show him on screen more than what we saw in the actual release, like if you they put this scene in, then everyone's expecting him in part two. Right. That's it. Like you're not getting all right away from that. And, and like Aubrey said, there's a lot of other villains I'd rather see. I really want to see him do Mister Freeze, uh, but I just feel like uh, if I was going to pick one of the two scenes, I would have picked this one that was deleted instead of the one that was in the movie. Or why not just put them both? What would an extra five minutes have been? Sure. It was already a three-hour movie. <laughs> well, this Joker did not uh, – he didn't fall into a vat of acid. Um, it's a, like a physical deformity that makes him look that way. It's a physical it, deformity that makes him have green hair and look like a clown? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's realism, it's, man. That's how his, uh, mom, his mom hooked up with a mime at some point. <laughs> they show like, you know, you see his face and it's not really like, you know, painted white with the red lips and all of that stuff. So, you know, it, it can, I can kind of see it. But um, yeah, this is like a, a more realistic, I guess, version of the Joker. I, don't know, I thought the scene was OK, but, you know, Jesus, Batman needed the penguin for the uh, the flying rat line. Uh, he needed uh, Officer Martinez for the uh, the weapon slash carpet tool I to pick it up. He needed that guy to help him know how to take up a carpet. And then he shows up at the Joker's place like, what do you know about this guy? I need your help. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought everyone was like all about this movie because Batman's a, a detective. He's just going around qu- questioning people. It's like law and order. So yes, I guess he's like a detective, but I don't know. Him u- using a Joker 
him needing a Joker's help uh, to help solve this crime, I guess it's kind of cool in a Hannibal Lecter way, but I thought it was kind of pointless. I will respect Warner Brothers DC for releasing this clip so soon after the movie uh, came out. So good on them. Better Warner Brother. <laughs> All right. So then uh, and the next bit of news is it looks like we are getting a, in the MCU universe, we're getting a project based on Nova, uh, a character that uh, visually I know what he looks like, but I have no idea like who this character is other than he was a teenager who found a magic helmet or something and became a superhero. Uh, but it's in development. It's from the writer of the new Moon Knight show. So uh, Marvel has a lot of faith in this gentleman. And uh, yeah, they don't know if it's going to be a movie or a TV show on Disney Plus, but we are getting uh, a Nova story. So Jory, being our uh, comic book aficionado, what can you tell us about Nova and should we be excited about it? Uh, well, I'm excited. I've always loved Nova as a character. I used to buy a lot of issues of his original series uh, out of the quarter bin when I was a kid. And then he was a member of New Warriors for a long time. Uh, he's been on and off with different things. He's had just some really cool storylines. I really like him as a character. It's basically Spider-Man meets Green Lantern. Yes. That, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's the vibe I got when I read it. Yeah, it's it, that's the kind of it was, you know, it was a teenage hero they created to be in the vein of Spider-Man, but he, you know, finds that helmet and becomes part of the Nova Corps. So, I'm sure a lot of that will get warped and changed for the MCU, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's got a cool power set, he's a cool character in the comics. I've always loved him since I was a kid. Uh, I'd be excited to see what they do with it. And um, you know, it's it's Marvel, man. So, the only concern I have is like uh, I haven't seen Moon Knight yet, so hopefully Moon Knight's awesome. Because if Moon Knight is shit, then I'm gonna be like, "Oh shit, I don't want this guy to be anywhere near this project." Yeah. But if Moon Knight's awesome, and I have it on good authority, it is, then hell yeah, man, let's, let's go. Just keep the Marvel train going, keep the hype train going. <laughs> All right, Aubrey, what about you? Are you familiar with the Nova character, and are you kind of excited about it? Um, I'm not too familiar with the Nova character, but I mean, I'll take anything they're willing to put out. We'll see how good it is, but I don't know. I'm always uh, hesitant to be optimistic about anything that's announced until I see the first the first teaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit excited about it. I I'm hoping that it ties into what we already know of Nova from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I know you know Thanos went to that planet and destroyed it and got the Power Stone, but we never saw it. And we don't well, there's know. There's your opening scene of whatever it is they're going to make. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, bring back Glenn Close and Charles C. Riley, and, you know, let, let's go. Let's do it. I'm down he's for gotta, it. He's got to find that helmet somehow. So, mm-hmm. and with, uh, you know, Jane Campion winning the uh, best director of the year at the Academy Awards, I can't wait for her to direct it. <laughs> oh. It's going to be the power of the slog. Fucking like <laughs> most boring ass movie you've ever seen. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised it didn't win all the Oscars because it was so goddamn boring. <laughs> uh, yeah. And speaking of MCU, um, we are on day 85 of no Thor Love and Thunder trailer. So <laughs> after they said they were going to have one. So, uh, yeah, we're back in. We're back where we were when uh, everyone was dying for the Spider-Man trailer. Just any day now, any day now. So, uh, yeah, no Thor trailer yet, but we will be keeping an eye out for it. All right, so then the last bit of news, I just want to congratulate Zack Snyder on his two Oscar wins at the Academy Awards. 
Yes, you heard that correct. Uh, Zack Snyder uh, won, not technically won an Oscar, but uh, they did a new thing. Uh, it was a Twitter vote uh, for the Academy Awards. Uh, they had different categories. Uh, one was a fan favorite movie. Uh, the nominees were Tick, Tick, Boom, Spider-Man No Way Home, something called Mina Mata. I don't uh, even know what that is. Yeah, me either. Uh, Cinderella, which I forgot that they did with uh, uh, the singer girl, Carmela Carbello, or whatever her name is. I compl- I was thinking of the old like uh, Kenneth Branagh movie from years ago. But uh, yeah, there was another Cinderella movie. But the winner for fan favorite film of the year is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> you watching the Academy Awards and an in extended scene of that vampire like jumping through the air. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and, then, uh, and so, so then the other category was the Cheerworthy Award. The nominations were uh, the Matrix, uh, the first Matrix with a uh, Neo dodging a bullet. Uh, the four, number four was uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls, the I'm Not Telling You song. Did people like cheer for that? Uh, yeah, I people guess. people love that fucking song. Love that performance. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, number three was Avengers Assemble from Endgame. Number two was the three Spider-Men landing on the Statue of Liberty. And number one was the Flash <laughs> jumping into the Speed Force. In- <laughs> Flash choke slams a woman. <laughs> uh, the Flash running into the Speed Force in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, oh my God, um, Arby, how do you feel about your boy Zack Snyder winning two kind of awards last night? I mean, congratulations to him, <laughs> but I think that the Justice League scene beating out um, Endgame and Spider Man is like ugh. I um, am a little confused. <laughs> Snyder Bros in full force. Uh, Joey, how do you feel about Zack Snyder with the with the the double trick of uh, winning two well, awards last night, let's let's be honest here. Uh, <laughs> when both these things happened, my heart uh, turned to good friend of the show and the man responsible <laughs> for all of us being here, uh, Jeff Carter, who runs the Geek League of America um, Facebook page, and he absolutely hates uh, Zack Snyder and all the dceu movies he made it's like a a vendetta of his so every full time they've won i almost fell out of my chair laughing i couldn't stop laughing i had to immediately jump on twitter and uh see what his reaction was going to (laughs) be because i just knew it was going to be funny but i I think that this is terrible (laughs) and not necessarily because of what won i just think it was kind of a mess um like when the most cheerworthy moment, I would assume that was from a movie this year, not just from all time. Right. Uh, so it didn't make sense to me. I, what was what was that fucking movie that was in there? Myanmar? Or what was that? <laughs> a fan favorite movie, Minamata. Fan favorite movie that no one has heard of? Yes, what? exactly. I think um, I like the idea of having categories that fans kind of can influence that at least – even if they're not getting an actual statuette can like at least put those more popular movies on the stage or on the screen. Right. So I like the idea. I think maybe it should be instead of allowing, cause it's, it, it turns into a popularity contest or what, who can mobilize the most people. So, you know, the, um, Snyder bros, for lack of a better term, I don't want to use that term. Uh, the Snyder bros are, they were good at like teaming up and mobilizing and voting nonstop for their things and they got what they wanted. 
but I, I'd like to see it where maybe like the top five movies that get picked in the category, those then get judged by a panel or something like pick like some cool, I guess for lack of a better term. I mean, it's the Oscars. So how cool will they be? But right. you know what I mean? Like some bigger, like uh, enthusiast nerd culture, um, like influencers or something like, uh, like Andre, the black nerd and, uh, people like that. You know what I mean? Right. 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 And have them like judge from the five things that the audience picks. That way you don't, you, you let the audience pick what's nominated, but you're not letting it just become a thing where can this movie's fan base mobilize enough tweets versus, you know, some other fan bases, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how there's an easy way to do a popularity contest, especially when it's easy to just trick it on Twitter. But one, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and two, I just wish there was a better way to kind of, you know, make sure it doesn't become just who can spam on Twitter the most. Yeah. And I'm a little upset that Malignant wasn't involved. Dude, right? When I saw those nominations and then, and I saw Mal- Malignant wasn't, like when they didn't reach it, I'm like, holy shit, I think it went to number one. <laughs> They're like, number <laughs> five, hoping. number four. And I'm like, holy shit, it could be number one. <laughs> I was hoping. Fortunately not. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's always the MTV Movie Awards, I guess, if you want. That's right. <laughs> if you want. And I don't want the Oscars to become the MTV Movie Awards, so that's fine. I, I just was, it was nice. They just have to figure out a way to refine it so we're not getting uh, these weird, broad categories that mm-hmm. barely make sense. That's all right. When uh, BTS gets nominated next year, it's a wrap. They're coming for you, Zack Snyder. Look, even if you 100% agree with the scene from Justice League being – the number one scene of the year. It, it's not a cheer worthy scene because it didn't play in a fucking theater. That's not true. Our good friend of the show, Ico to Rain, Rain Man saw it in IMAX in the theater. That's because he paid for the theater and put it on. <laughs> he hooked his DVD player up to the fucking IMAX thing. That's not true. Aww, we did, still love him. Okay. Yeah. It did technically play in the theater. That was my first thing too, but it did technically play in the theater. So yes, I'm sure those, I don't know. 20, 30 people in the theater cheered. They're when, cheering. When <laughs> it was the, the biggest cheer mob in the history of cinema. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, man. Okay. All right. And then um, nothing else happened at the Oscars at all. Was, nope. Nothing happened. Pretty boring show other than seeing the Flash run really fast. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, in when I thought that I saw, like, all of the craziness of the Oscars with the La La Land uh moonlight fiasco from a few years ago uh this year they decided to step it up a little bit uh chris rock made a quick quip about jada pinkett smith and you know will smith did not take too kindly to it and decided to go on stage and smack the shit out of chris rock (laughs) so yeah um and then right after that, a movie that I love, uh, Summer of Soul, won the best documentary. So, uh, you know. <laughs> no one cares <laughs> exactly. or remembers. It's always the best documentary where shit gets all crazy. Um, but yeah, this is all everyone is talking about. The memes are flying like crazy. And, you know, it's it's funny and sad in different aspects. But the fucking memes are killing me. Like, I love them. I love them. Uh, so, yeah. So, what did you guys think of the incident? Do you think it was real? And do you think uh, do you think it was real or fake? And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Let's go back to Aubrey. Oh, this is a tough one. I love the memes. 
the memes are fucking hysterical. I did read one thing that kind of made sense, though, where they, they were talking about how Will Smith is kind of having a, a rough time with his relationship with Jada and how she had publicly admitted that she cheated on him. And, you know, that became a meme, too, of him crying. And, right. you know, so I'm sure there's a lot that he's dealing with that just kind of sent him over the edge of him being the um but of jokes a lot and and I'm sure that Jada hasn't made it very easy to live with um especially because in the, it at first he was laughing so I think whereas he was like I can have a sense of humor about this she was just kind of grumpy and I mean I don't know it it it's a a tough thing um when I first heard about it I thought it was staged and then the more I read the more I was like oh I guess mm-hmm. it's not so I don't know if I agree with his way about going about it. Um, I think he could have dealt with it a little bit differently, but I don't know. All right. All right, Joey, what about you? Um, when I first saw it, when I, as I saw it live, um, they bleeped a lot. Yep. So it just went dead quiet. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what did Chris Rock say? <laughs> just now because like you didn't know what was happening and then will smith just goes on stage and hits him uh the angle wasn't great and then he sits down and then it was just dead quiet again um so i i didn't really understand what happened and then i'm like i think he just slapped him in the face or punched him but it it didn't it, it was hard to judge like like what the hell did i just see and then on twitter somebody posted the international feed um, and I believe it was Australian. Uh, so shout out to the countdown. But <laughs> it, 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 that, that wasn't fake, dude. <laughs> he walked up on stage, fucking slapped him right across the face, sat down and then yelled at him, you know, keep my wife's name the fuck out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was not in a funny or joking way in any way, shape or form. That was not fake. That was not a joke. That was like, you fucked up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you fucked up. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of hot takes uh, from people, a lot of weird hot takes from people. Um, I, I got to tell you, as somebody who's married and I love my wife more than I love breathing, God help your soul <laughs> if you want to talk shit about my wife in front of me. Uh, so I, I'm 100 percent on Will Smith's side. I mean, I know people are like, oh, it's the Oscars and the sanctity of the ceremony and blah, 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 blah. Fuck that shit. You're going to let some guy stand in front of you and talk shit about your wife? <laughs> Come on. Not happening. Uh, and it was pretty badass, too. He walked up there. He slapped him across the face and immediately turned around and walked away. He had zero fear of <laughs> anything coming back from Chris Rock. So it was pretty badass. Um, I just say it, it's sad that it had to happen. But I will tell you this. I don't think he'll be making any more jokes about Jada Pinkett Smith anymore. So. Uh, probably not. No. Um, you know, it, it sucks. I think, uh, you know, Will Smith's been through a lot this year. Um, yeah. he spent the entire year as the butt of jokes from whatever the fuck that TV show appearance was, where his wife was like, talked about cheating on him, you know, and then you go and sit in the Oscars are supposed to be the year night and you get to celebrate your achievements and your accomplishments. And some guys just going to fucking get up on stage and talk fucking shit about your wife who has a medical condition like he's it's not just that like she shaved her head and he's making fun of her or she had a mohawk or something you know like like she's a medical condition that caused her to lose her hair um that she's been public about and how it makes her feel and then this dude's just gonna talk shit about it like i don't know man i'm 100 percent on will smith's side like 
any, I, I said, I just don't get it. Anybody with these hot takes, like violence is not the answer. Like it's, they're usually like unmarried single like guys and they're <laughs> middle, middle aged guys that like have no concept of what it's like. If somebody like try to talk shit about your wife in front mm-hmm. of you, like dude, you, he's, Chris Rock is lucky that all he got was a slap. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because Will Smith is a he's much taller dude in him and yeah. much much wider range, and he played Ali for a <laughs> for Muhammad Ali for a whole movie, so he knows how to throw some punches. Right. So you know, and I, this is where I'm at, man. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I would take a hundred Oscars and throw them in the trash for my wife. So I, I wouldn't give two flying shits about where we were, what ceremony it was, how it could affect my career, blah, 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 blah. You, you ain't going to talk shit about my wife, like, directly in front of me like that. That's just, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, you know, I'm on team Will. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I still, there's a part of me, like, I know, I know it was real. Because I saw, like, you know, everyone, like, consoling Will or, you know, checking up on Will after it, you know, not a little behind the scenes footage. But if you're standing on stage... And someone is walking up to you. Like, I would think, number one, you would be like, you'll look him in the face and be like, why the fuck are you on stage? Or number two, you know, it's your, it's a friend of yours or a guy that you know. You'd be like, yo, what's up, man? What's up? What's going on? Chris Rock lo- literally looked straight ahead, didn't look Will Smith in the face at all, and just took that slap like a champ. And I'm well, like... I, I mean, it's possible he had no idea what was coming, and... You know, maybe he thought, okay, well, this is going to turn into some kind of bit or yeah. he's up on stage and it, it's going to be funny or he'll make a crack at me or something. I don't think he thought he was going to walk up stage and fucking <laughs> slap him across the face. But he didn't even like move. He didn't stand to the side, like stand over here, Will. He didn't say Will was going on. He di- didn't even make eye contact with Will. He just stood straight ahead and Will just slapped the shit out of him. It was great. But <laughs> I don't know. There's a part of it that's like, uh, it's a little, I don't know. That might be a little fake. The person who I who I congratulate the most out of this whole experience is Javier Bardem. <laughs> <laughs> the joke was for him. <laughs> the joke was about him losing to Will Smith. And then Jada just got like the the, the little uh collateral damage of it. So uh yeah, let's see uh let's see let's see Will Smith walk on stage and, and say that if if uh, Dave Chappelle said that joke. Let's see if Will Smith I look, walk on stage. I look forward to the Oscars in like two or three years when the two of them present an award together and this is a whole joke. So That'd be awesome. Or next year, like Wanda Sykes will be in the audience and slap, I don't know, whatever the host <laughs> is as a joke or whatever. Like, like everybody's so outraged. This will be – it's already a joke with memes. It'll be completely a joke but within 12 months. So. Yep. And the sad part is that he totally deserved that Oscar because his performance was fucking awesome in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Completely overshadowed his night, but. Uh, Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that was the Oscars. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to our review of the Matrix uh, Resurrections. (laughs) It's it's actually really funny the way that he walks away from Chris Rock after smacking him, too. He looks very triumphant. Yeah. It's almost (laughs) like a James Bond. He's like straightening out his suit like, hey. I'm doing all right. Yep, I did that. <laughs> well, I will just say that the one thing I loved besides Chris Rock getting slapped in the face on the Oscars was the um, and the Zack Snyder winning stuff because I knew it was pissing off Jeff. Um, was the amount of actors uh, involved in like the production or you know uh, like hosting and stuff from like awesome movies that never get recognition at the Oscars? So like he had half the cast of Pootie Tang was there. And, like, <laughs> Uh, you know, Regina Hall from like, Scary, Scary Movie, movie. <laughs> like, 
who's like super old but still looks great. What? Yep, yep, looking nice. Black <laughs> <Lagdome> crack. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm not joking, dude. I had to look it up. I go, oh yeah, it's a girl from Scary Movie. I looked up. It's like she's like 60. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like she's 25. <laughs> looks like she's ready for Scary Movie Seven, like right now. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, congratulations. The funniest meme I saw was, like, somebody with Kanye. Yeah. And it's, like, when Kanye learns that we're slapping people at the Oscars. <laughs> and he's, like, <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to – I didn't watch any movies um, uh, for this uh, for this year's Oscars, and apparently I don't need to. <laughs> just watch the show. <laughs> you saw all you needed to see. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to say that Mitchell's versus the Machines was fucking robbed. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, recency bias or whatnot. There's no fucking way in hell Encanto is a better movie than that. Uh, no way in hell. It's not. It's not fucking true. I don't care. I know you like Lin Manuel Miranda. I, I know do. you guys do. But guess what? It's okay. Not everything he makes is going to be great. And that movie was not as good as Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's just the truth. It's I, the truth. It's okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. I feel like Encanto had like this. Um, it, it's still fairly new compared to Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. it. It had that, like almost like a honeymoon phase still going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So of course it won because people are like, oh, this is still great. That the greatest movie because they haven't watched Mitchell's versus the Machines in forever, but it. Yeah. It was much better. Got jobbed. And uh, Kirsten Stewart, uh, excuse me, Kirsten Dunst still has it. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for the news for this week. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, we're going to have our review of Studio 666. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. And we are back. All right, guys, before we get into the movie review, you've heard the commercial for a couple of weeks now on the show. Uh, live stream for the cure is coming back again this year uh, to help raise money to fight cancer. And we will be a part of it. We're going to be on it May 21st uh, in the afternoon. I believe it's 1 to 2 p.m. Don't quote me on that, but we're going to be on it on May 21st. Coming up, we'll be live. So we're going to be live and on camera only for charity will you get Aubrey and Mark Ellis in front of the camera. And I'm still figuring out what we're going to do. But me, Mark, Aubrey, and Adam will all be on camera doing something that will allow you to torture us uh, through your donations. So I'm still working on it. Just plan to be parked in front of your computer watching on Twitch and help us raise money to fight cancer. 
Foo Fighters movie. Before we get into it, obviously the drummer of the Foo Fighters passed away this past week, uh, washed off the news by Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> but uh, Foo Fighter drummer Taylor Hawkins died of a reported drug overdose this past week. I just want to put it out there. We picked this movie to watch before that happened. So yes. I don't want people to think we're some ghoulish, awful people <laughs> trying to capitalize on the death of uh, the drummer of the band in the movie we're going to watch. Uh, we picked it before it happened. And I- I'd-, I'd like to thank Aubrey for <laughs> for allowing us to watch this movie this week. Uh, we're going to watch it last week. And then Aubrey was like, I haven't watched Peacemaker yet. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, this is what we were going to do the week after. We were going to do, we do Studio 666 this week. But I'm like, why don't we flip flop them? That one's only two hours. And then you'll have a week to watch Peacemaker. Perfect. All right, so the weekend goes on, and about an hour before we're going to record last week, and Aubrey pops up in the chat. She's like, I did it. I finished Peacemaker. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So that is why we're doing Studio 666 this week, and I just wanted to get it out there. Of course, our our condolences to his family, and I just didn't want the listeners to think we are some awful, terrible, ghoulish people. Trying to capitalize on his death. No, it's just my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We just wanted to get it out. There was your fault, Aubrey. So okay, it fantastic. Is. <laughs> so Studio 666 is a uh, horror movie starring the Foo Fighters. Uh, it's playing on VOD and in select theaters currently. Aubrey, please tell us what Studio 666 is about. All right. Members of the rock band Foo Fighters move into a, an Encino Mansion, steeped in grisly rock and roll history, to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band members. All right, so we all had a chance to check it out. Uh, As always, we'll start with our non-spoiler impressions. So if you haven't seen it yet, you'll at least know what we thought. And then we will drop our sound drop delineating spoilers, which will then let you know you can bounce or stick around when we talk in a little more in depth. Before we get started, Markellis Reagans, are you a fan of the Foo Fighters as a band? I will be 100% honest with you. I had no idea who the Foo Fighters was. Like, I, I knew nah, who, you knew I who, knew who Dave Grohl was. <laughs> I knew that he used to be the drummer of Nirvana, and he had a rock band after that. But other than that, if you put a gun to my head and said, name one Foo Fighters song, I would be a dead man. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Aubrey Litchfield. Um, I, I don't mind the Foo Fighters. I mean, they're not like my favorite band, but Mm -hmm. I do like some of their stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Um, you know, I think if I had to pick a hundred bands, uh, to make it a list of favorite bands, I don't think the Foo Fighters would be on that list, but I also have no like offensive feelings towards them. So like there are songs of theirs that I hear on the radio that I'm like, oh, I know that song or I know all the words to it. If I went to see him in concert, I bet I would know the words to like 90% of the set. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you like they're my favorite band or I listen to them all the time or anything like that. So uh, I'm just completely indifferent really towards them. I did really like their first album that came out after uh, Nirvana broke up, but I was also like 17 years old. So uh, who knows what my taste was like back then. Hopefully pretty good because that's around when I met my wife, but 
you know, that's neither here nor there. So, you know, we're not coming at this uh, from a super fan Foo Fighters point of view. So we're coming at it uh, trying to look at a movie. And Aubrey Litchfield, non-spoiler, what did you think of Studio 666? Um, I feel like Dave Grohl was like, you know what? I really want to release a new album. But instead of just telling people I'm re- releasing a new album, or I'm going to make a fucking movie. <laughs> So, so wait, I mean, was that good or bad? I mean, and like... it wasn't a bad movie. It was very weird and different and disconjoint. And it was like very disjointed. But mm-hmm. that that was just the impression I got throughout the whole movie. No, that's a Mighty Mighty Boston song. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. So anyway, that's that's what it seemed like was that it was just uh, Dave Grohl was like, you know what? I'm going to make a fucking movie to announce my new album instead of just announcing my new album because <laughs> I'm Dave fucking Grohl. All right. All right. Markellis Reagans. How about you? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what I was into for this movie. I mean, just the title alone, Studio 666 is like, all right, that just sounds ominous. But uh, I will say like an hour into this movie, I'm like, oh, shit. I really like this. Like, I don't know who the Foo Fighters are or <laughs> this fucking horror movie bullshit, but God damn it. This is done really, really well. Um, I did have some issues with it. It's not a perfect movie, but I was actually surprised at how well it was pulled off. Um, I saw, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, I spend, you know, we spend $20 on these fucking video on demand movies. This one, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can almost see it as how this is could be worth 20 bucks, a $20 rental. Cool. All right. Well, I, I will tell you guys, uh, I'm going to echo both of your sentiments because I agree with Aubrey. This movie has issues. It has some problems. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I liked it. It had a really weird, goofy, fun charm to it that and it got, it's hard to talk about any of this without spoiling anything. But I'm just going to say, you know, it's it's not perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I had fun with it. And I feel in the last like two weeks since I've watched it, I have thought about things about this movie or thought about it a little bit. And I haven't soured on it. I've actually found myself liking it more and sensibly chuckling about things from the movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which we'll get into in spoilers. But uh, I got to tell you, and even even though I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, uh, you know, I did enjoy the movie. I, I, I thought it was funny. It was goofy. It was fun. Uh, it's a little over long, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little ever long, wow. uh, but uh, despite its flaws, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't expecting Citizen Kane, uh, but you know, I, I, it seemed like everyone in front of and behind the camera was having a blast and you were just kind of along for the ride with them. And I will say that I was in a band for six years right after I graduated high school through like my first couple years of college and so a lot of things that happened in this were hilarious to me and i will get into that in spoilers from being in a band but i don't know how well that translates to other people that weren't but it was pretty Mm -hmm. funny to me so i I would definitely say check it out you know if you even have an inkling of checking it out it's on vod now so you can at least like you don't have to leave the house so we're uh you know thumbs slightly up at this point i think uh we got a good kind of broad idea what we're thinking of here for this movie but we're going to spoil it now so if you haven't seen it sayonara the rest of you stick around we're going to talk a little more in depth about studio 666 one clear spoiler 
Yeah, It's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> All right. Markellis Reagans, give me some things that you liked about this movie. I liked the opening. I thought the opening um, uh, credits were, were really cool. I liked seeing, I want to say her name is Jenny Ortega. She was the the girl that got uh, almost killed in a, in Scream that we saw earlier this oh, year. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> She's all, the movie starts with her getting attacked again. I'm like, oh, this poor girl. <laughs> I have a movie that starts with her and she's getting attacked again. Um, I thought she was, I thought she's adorable. I think she's just, um, I don't know, I really liked her performance in Scream. So I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye out for her. Um, I saw that John Carpenter like helped with the theme music, which I thought was pretty cool. The fucking, um, when he says, all right, guys, Pearl Jam high five. <laughs> and it fucking killed me every time because I got it. Even when he said it, I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. It's hilarious. This movie must have been sponsored by Doritos because there's like huge bags of Doritos that just make an appearance. I was thinking of the same thing. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, that's like super product placement. I like that they didn't, they weren't, they weren't coy about it. Uh, the Lionel Richie cameo I thought was hilarious. Uh, that came out really good. The, um, and I thought the direction was really good. I thought it had like the, it's a low, it's a horror movie. So it's supposed to have a low budget, but they made the most, whatever the budget was, I, I want to say it was like 3 million. They made the fucking most out of that. Cause this movie looks amazing. And I kept waiting to see the fucking seams. You know, I waited to see like the cheapness of it and I didn't see it at all. So the movie, it, it looks amazing. Uh, the kills I thought were actually really good. The grill scene I thought was particularly <laughs> gruesome. That's the part when I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, we made Aubrey watch this. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best idea. Um, the chainsaw kill I thought was really good. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I would say like, you know, three quarters, eh, no, four fifths of this movie I thought was like super enjoyable for what it was. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Aubrey Litchfield, what did you like about the movie? Um, I did. I liked the humor. I think Dave Grohl has a interesting sense of humor. Like when he did his uh, Learn to Fly music video, I thought that music video was fucking hysterical when it first came out. And so I kind of like I got that humor a little bit in this movie, too. Like It's just a very tongue in cheek type humor. And I like it. It. I kind of liked how messy it was because it was like, what did, What do I really expect from a movie that Dave Grohl just decided one day he was going to fucking make? <laughs> like, yeah, let's just go make a movie today. And there's a movie. And, and so it it wasn't scary by any means. It, it was just funny at that point because, of course, this would be a Dave Grohl movie to release an album. But so I did like that. Um I think everybody was really funny because they also seemed <laughs> very out of it. Like they didn't actually have lines. They were just making it up as it goes almost. And that was mm-hmm. kind of funny to me. I know that they weren't, but it was, that's what it seemed like. But yeah, I, I also laughed at the Doritos thing because it's like, there's bags of Doritos everywhere. And it, it was definitely not too scary or gory for you. No, I mean, the part where the, the, what's his face is doing it with that chick and the, the chainsaw comes through, like you can kind of see the rubberiness of her boobs. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad. I, I was a little worried after the very first scene uh, that, okay, well, Aubrey's not watching this with us. But then it it, it <laughs> went to a much different vibe. So I was like, okay, okay. All right. So what did I think of this movie? Um, you know, I loved it, it. I just loved the kind of goofy sense of humor that it had as a movie. Um, just like just something as ridiculous. Uh, Lionel Richie's just showing up for no apparent reason for a fucking jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, you know, I it, I thought Pat Smear was absolutely fucking hilarious in this. Oh, nice. Nice. He's just like, he's just, he's like I, I couldn't tell if he generally is a horrendously bad actor or it was a shtick he was doing because whatever it was, it was every, every line he had, was fucking dying. <laughs> he just sleeps on the counter for no reason. <laughs> and he's like, this is weird, man. Yep. He's <laughs> like, tell him the story of when he found Dave in the basement and he's like, and I had a big bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that came out of that guy's mouth had me fucking rolling for the whole movie. Kenny King from Slayer was their roadie who got fucking electrocuted. I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh, my God, Slayer. He is dead within like three minutes. I had no idea who that guy was. um, John Carpenter was in it. Our good friend of the podcast, uh, the guy from the FP was in it. Yeah, he was definitely in it. Yeah, he was in it. Yeah, he was he in didn't it. Die. Yeah. At least him and John Carpenter did not die in the movie. Yep. They made it out. So they were like one of very few people in the movie that made it out without dying, to be quite honest with you. Maybe that was in their contract. They're like, you ain't putting any gross uh, fake blood all over us. So uh, and 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 the fun and I just I thought the plot was ridiculous, but in a good way. Like I was really surprised. I didn't know going into this anything about it except it was the Foo Fighters make a horror movie. And I wasn't expecting it to be so much fun. I, I thought it might be more of a straight horror movie. Yeah. And the opening scene really does give that vibe of being a straight horror movie. Like this is a horror movie. People getting killed. Whereas when the actual movie is going on, it's it's 100% goofy. Mark, I got to be honest with you. I have been laughing about Pearl Jam High Five for two <laughs> weeks. It just comes into my mind randomly. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't stop laughing about it. It's, it's fucking slayed me. Um, what really got it for me, and, and of course, I was in a band. Uh, you guys probably have not been in bands before. Where a lot of the scenes where the demon and or <laughs> Dave Kroll are trying to get them to finish the song. And it just gives you those vibes of like being in a band and we're in the fucking garage and we're trying to write a song and it's not going well. <laughs> it's and it's just pissing off even this evil demon at that point. Mm. Um, there is one part where uh, there's, you know, the drummer is legitimately trying to screw up the drums on purpose so they can't finish the song. Right. And the and Dave Grohl demon is just like, no, it's supposed to go. I'm telling you that exact conversation and the anger and everything about it literally i was it was fucking 1999 and i was in dave <laughs> silly's garage again i'm not even kidding like i fucking died i almost fell out of my chair laughing at that because it was just literally like being in a band like legitimately like just like being in a fucking band and the, just <laughs> the way the fucking players are practicing was a mess <laughs> doritos everywhere the kills are really cool i really liked the kills in it um and just some of the funny goofy stuff 
that was happening. Um, you know, I just I just had a lot of fun with the movie. You know, I, my expectations were nothing, and it, it more than met those. But there has to be things you didn't like about it. So, Marcellus Reagans, what are things you did not like about this movie? So the only things that that I really didn't like was Jeff Garland's character as their manager. I thought he was laying it on a little thick, and <laughs> I didn't buy him as their manager mm-hmm. at all. And then, like the story, it. I feel like it, they, you know, they were moving along to a nice groove and then probably about four fifths of the way through, it kind of hit a brick wall and like the story, quote unquote, storyline of it just kind of fell apart and it kind of meandered a little bit longer than it should have. Um, and they tried to spice it up with having two of the guys like die in a van. Uh, one guy getting yep. stabbed in the eye and the other guy getting run over, which was cool. That was a cool effect. But at that point, I was like kind of out of it. So I didn't really mm-hmm. care. Um, and then by the time you get to the very, very end, it's like, it's cool. But I think it kind of ran out of gas towards the end of it. Uh, especially when, uh, when what's her name? Ginny Ortega like shows back up with the other bandmates or whatever. I was like, I, at that point, I was like, ah, I don't really care what's going on at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But up until that, up until like almost like right as the third act is starting to get to the middle part, the big battle at the end. That's when I was like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that's not too bad. Aubrey Litchfield, what about you for things you didn't like? Um, I don't know. I think my expectations were extremely low, so it was hard to disappoint me. Um, It did feel like the ending was even more scattered than the rest of the movie. I feel like mm-hmm. they kind of rushed it. But honestly, that's the only thing that I can say was negative about it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to 100 percent agree with you guys. Uh, I felt like the end of the movie was them doing whatever happened at the pool, which I still don't quite understand exactly what happened or or why it was okay that their other two band members died. um, But they all escaped. But regardless, I I felt like that was the end of the movie. Like they stopped the monster in the in the house and they ran outside and they made it like that in, in credits, star wipe. Right. But there, there's still like 25 minutes left of the movie. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of just kind of fell apart from there. Unfortunately, like like I, I agree with you 100 percent, Mark. I was done at that point. I was like, OK, this is great. I had a lot of fun with this. And then it's like, oh, it's still going. Oh, and I push up on the remote and there's still like almost half an hour left in the movie. <laughs> like, uh, uh, OK, um, it, it really just felt like it had run out of gas at that point. And like, I didn't care about the story. So, <laughs> like, I mean. And that, that sounds, that sounds harsh, but I'm just saying like, it was a goofy movie. So like I, that being the end, you know, they all get out of the house and they sit there and one of them pulls up in the van, they drive off or whatever. That's fine. Like that would have been fine for the end of the movie. Like we didn't need an explanation of these people are evil and this is what they're doing and this is how they're doing it, why they're doing it, blah, blah, blah. It was fine. It, 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 it was fine. It, it reached an end. It was right. fine. So that really, I don't know, that like soured it a little bit for me, not in a bad way, because there was some enjoyable stuff at, after that part. You know, um, the guy, uh, Pat, I think it was Pat Smear, got run over by the van. Right. The other guy got stabbed. Um, you know, there's some cool effects, blah, 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 blah. But it had just kind of run on a steam by that point. I just, I was just kind of like done. I was done. I had already reached my emotional apex with the movie and I was all set. So. Otherwise, you know, I don't really have much of a complaint for it. any movie that can make me like uh, Whitney <laughs> is a good movie. Yeah, you <laughs> just put it that way because I remember her sitcom was like AIDS for my eyes. So, oh, but she's uh, the uh, creator of uh, 
two broke girls. Like all of those funny I mean, lines. I'm that, not saying she's not a cool person. I'm just saying like the last time I saw her on screen was a horrendously bad sitcom that mm. my wife made me watch. So, okay, fair enough. Regardless. Uh, so that's, it's pretty nitpicky, but for me, it was just literally the length of the movie. If the movie had ended right then, I, I might even have a higher score for it, but there's not really much else to pick apart. You can't really be like, Oh, well the special effects were a little cheesy. Well, that's the point. The acting was bad. Well, they're not actors. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the delivery from the, them not being actors actually made it even funnier than it would have been normally. So I will say I did enjoy Rami. I thought Rami was actually really funny. <laughs> the kind of like a uh, like earthy, crunchy uh, guy. I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. So, yeah, I mean, not much to nitpick there. Just kind of a little over long and runs out of gas by the end. So. You know, I think w- what we got to do is give it a score, guys. I think we have to score this movie zero to five, five being the absolute best and zero being the worst. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got for Studio 666? I am going to give it a four. Wow, four. I wow. think for what it is and knowing you're going into a Foo Fighters movie, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's not as bad as you would think. It's huh. It's funny. It's more funny than it is a horror movie. Yeah, and that after I had watched it, that's what I said to you. You know, it it has a vibe like Ash versus Evil Dead kind of, and not really like a scary horror movie. So I knew you'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Markellis Reagans, how about you? I am. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Although it is really fucking entertaining. If the ending had kept my attention just a little bit more, it would be a four. Uh, but again, like the. The, like you said, Joy, the effects are cheesy, but they're meant to be cheesy. Um, but the direction is so good. Whoever directed this movie has a fucking career. Um, so I technically, I loved it. I just wish the story was a little bit better. So I got to give it a three and a half. All right. All right. You know, I am right there with you, Mark. I am in that. I don't want to give it a four right. because I feel like it would have been a four if the ending had been better. So yeah. if, if that movie ends when they get out of the house. After the swimming pool, that's a four. <laughs> yep, no question. No question. Not even a question. I don't have a, I don't have a qualm about it. Could even be on my top ten of the year. May still sneak in, um, depending on what else we watch this year, because I did have a lot of fun with it. But it was fun. It was funny. It was goofy. I had a great time watching it. And like I said, two weeks later, I'm still fucking laughing about stuff randomly that I think about about the movie. So uh, you know, I'm I'm like right around that three and a half, three and a quarter, um, or three and three point seven five yep. range. Yep. Um, I'm I'm gonna go three and a half, and I I would highly suggest if I I think that's a good kind of a good like barometer. I think if you liked like Ash versus Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two, like that's the kind of vibe like the movie has. Uh, like it's gory and it's it's not really scary and it's kind of goofy. And we're not all huge Foo Fighters fans, so the fact that it stars that band doesn't mean you have to love that band to watch the movie. I got a kick out of the movie just knowing who they were. So, uh, you know, three and a half for me out of five. I, I think all of us pretty much think you should watch this. I don't think any there's a single person here that thinks you shouldn't watch this. And I think, Mark, you paid 20 bucks for it on uh, on demand, and you don't seem angry at all. No, not at all. It's probably because I paid 20 bucks for, like, two Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's no Willy's Wonderland, let me tell you. <laughs> Anything is better than that. <laughs> So that's it. That is our review of Studio 666. Uh, Like I said, available on demand and in select theaters. Check it out. Let us know what you thought. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. 
But now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up. And in lieu of suggestions this week, I want to know your favorite Foo Fighters song, Aubrey Litchfield. Oh, that's tough. Um, it's going to be real tough for Mark because he doesn't know a single one. <laughs> I got one. Um, honestly, I don't know. Everlong's good, but I like the the acoustic version of Everlong, okay. which people tell me I'm fucking stupid for, but I do like that one. But their album, the fuck was it called? It was like White with the uh, Wasting Light. Wasting Light, that whole album is really good, I will say. All right. Mark Ellis Reagans, uh, what's your favorite Foo Fighters song? All right. So I got two. Oh, two. Yep. So oh. number one is Learning to Fly. Learning mm-hmm. to Fly. Because Aubrey just said it. So thank you, Aubrey, for uh, <laughs> saying that <laughs> earlier. <laughs> uh, my The other one is they did a... I don't know if this counts. I might be sneaking this one in on a technicality, but the Foo Fighters did a Bee Gees cover album <laughs> uh, called the DGs uh, for Dave Grohl, I guess. And uh, they did a cover of You Should Be Dancing, which is fucking amazing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say You Should Be Dancing by the DGs. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> sure, it counts. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, before I tell you my favorite song, I think I should tell you that you should go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. There's links to all our social media on the right-hand side of the page. There are movie reviews, unboxings, comic reviews, so much more at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com backslash Podcast. There are hours of free exclusive content there, uh, including more movie reviews, more trailer reactions, unboxings, comic reviews. I literally just dropped my first video comic review today as we record this. Uh, I don't know if I did good or not. I tried my best. Um, I'm going to try to do that every week. I'm going to try to head out to our local comic shop, Comics and More. And just grab two new release comics. Might be two Marvels, might be two DCs, one each, some independents. Who knows? I'm just going to look at the new releases and pick two that jump out at me from the counter, bring them home, read them, and review them for you every week on YouTube. So you can track my weight gain through that, too. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. And uh, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com backslash podcast, where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content this month. It's the only place to hear our review of Turning Red. We also have our video podcast on there, Star Wars Talk, where myself and Adam talk Star Wars every month. And this month we have a special guest, Montego, from Fans on Patrol, joins us where we talk about the Obi-Wan trailer and the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel at Disney World and lots of other cool stuff. So monetarily support us, and you can get that extra content. Uh, my favorite Foo Fighters song is, I got to look it up, <laughs> is uh, Next Year. That's my favorite Foo Fighters song, which is a little more obscure, but it used to be on the tape at Journeys when I worked there. So I had to hear it probably six times a day and it never got old. I love that song. Wow. And that's uh, that's it, man. That's going to do it for episode number 399. Guys, guess what? What? The road to episode <laughs> 400 has ended. We oh. are going to be recording our 400th episode in a row next week. What do we have planned? Well, we're going to be bringing on our good friends, fans on patrol, Montego and Tiffo bot. And we are going to make them review with us a terrible movie. And that movie is Lorenzo Lamas is 1984's body rock. All is about that the DDR movie. No, it's about <laughs> breakdancing in the eighties. I it, think it better not be the DDR movie. I'm not watching that shit again. 
<laughs> no, it's about breakdancing. So, or as Lorenzo Lamas calls it, breaking, not breaking, breaking, breaking. <laughs> you guys here to see some breaking? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I expect the numbers to tank because, uh, you know, nobody's heard of the movie, but we're going to have fun. Exactly. Uh, you can come back with us next week and celebrate 400 fucking weeks in a <laughs> row with no breaks of making this fucking podcast. So I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, on behalf of my co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Oh, goodbye. And the expert, Mr. Marky Marcellus Reagan. Hey, uh, R.I.P. Taylor from Foo Fighters. Everybody have yourself a good week and Wakanda forever. You know, I just I just forget to say that the demons song in this movie was actually pretty awesome. So maybe they should have let it win at the end. <laughs> the movie was pretty badass. So that's it. That's gonna do it. Episode three hundred ninety nine is in the can. We'll see you guys next week. Join us to celebrate four hundred episodes of the So Wizard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. Good journey. Yeah.